Uh, yeah, it, it really does make a difference. Today's process is this, things you should know. Sit back, relax, let's light the lantern. Well, hello there, Rangers. Wade Skalski here, lawyer, entrepreneur, and your guide to the understory. There are monsters and bandits here, but if you are stuck in your nine to five and you want to start or grow a business, this is the place for you. Remember, admission to the understory is free, but understanding always has a price. Let's light the lantern. What is up, Rangers? Those of you who are in the understory against your will, and those of you who are in the understory on paper, on purpose, Wade Skalski here, the understory lawyer. God, psyched, psyched. I got a new cup of coffee today. I'm trying that, it's delicious. I'm looking a little puffy, I can see in the live stream, but that's because I'm uh, 224.4 pounds. So I'm 15 pounds off of, I want to be under 210. So I'm 15 pounds off of my, uh, what I'm trying to do. Uh, And that was the holidays and just the stress of just having, I talked about this yesterday, but everything freezes in my business in December, in in my first business. And I'm trying to transition out of that business. it's a process and that's part of uh, sort of what I'm documenting to be able to help people use some of the frameworks that I use because I find them very helpful. Um, but I'm a little puffy. I'm a little puffy. So, but a good, I started drinking lots of water yesterday. I'm starting to work back with my trainer and we're going to be fine. It's all going to be good, but we'll be, we'll be, we'll be beach ready by summer for sure. So I got a little experience today and it was, it was kind of funny and I think but very helpful. And so this, uh, we ran out of coffee. And so this morning was like the first coffee in our, in our house that we're in here. We've been here almost, I guess we've been here over a year and a half. And um, every morning I make the coffee because I get up before, typically before I get up before everybody else. It's, I've been trying a new, I've been trying a new time of going to bed and trying to do a new productivity thing, not working. So I'm going back to getting up at five. Um, and so I make the coffee. So, but I just didn't go to the store or Kristen didn't go to the store. And so we ran out of coffee. So this morning I'm like, all right, so I'm going to go, I was going to be a sweet husband and I went and got Kristen a coffee and I, um, I bought a pound of coffee. I didn't even look like, so I go to Starbucks and, um, I go into the Starbucks and I didn't even look at uh, the prices, but I, and I was, they're all whole bean coffee. So I was like, Oh, all right. So I was like, I, I was like, I had no clue, but they're big bags, right? It's, it's pretty big, I guess. And so, um, I pick one and it's delicious by the way. And, uh, I go up, there's a guy in front of me and very nice elderly gentleman. And he was like, Oh, you were here before me. And I was like, no, no, go ahead. And I'm just kind of sitting there and he's like, kind of, he's kind of going through his economic transaction. And, and I'm just kind of sitting there and just thinking to myself and, so we talked a little bit and then I go up there and I, I, I give her the, the coffee beans and I say, Hey, can you, can you grind these just for a drip coffee? She's like, yeah. And then the, the elderly gentleman looks at me, he's like, you know, you should really buy your own grinder. It makes the coffee so much better. And so I'm suddenly on the defensive. I'm on, I'm on the, the defensive about how I, how I make my coffee, that I don't grind my own beans. And I don't, first of all, the reason I don't grind my own beans is because I have a two-year-old and a four-year-old. And so that means that uh, over the last four years, I've had from a zero to a four-year-old and sleep is critical. And I'm not going to be, gr- I'm not, I get up in the morning, I'm not grinding some coffee beans where it goes, it makes a giant noise and wakes everybody up in the morning. I'm not doing that. So 
I have a reason why I don't grind my own coffee beans. I used to have a grinder, and it is delicious. And the re- and um, more than that in a bit. But I, I had a choice at that moment. I was like, and I actually lied, which I I just realized I did. I shouldn't do that. Well, that's not true. I didn't. I kind of lied. I said, I said, yeah, I I used to have a grinder. I used to do that, which I did. And I used to have a grinder, which I did, but it broke, and I just haven't got a new one yet. And I guess that's technically true, but the reason why it broke is because I think we gave it away and it's probably, you know, or threw it away or whatever. And he's like, well, you should really get one, even a cheap one. I was like, I understand. Yes, thank you. Thank you, kind sir, for uh, letting me feel bad about how I make my coffee. But it's fine. It's fine. He should listen to my um, podcast, Why Your Coffee Tastes Like Butt. Uh, But he won't because he's not really my avatar. But anyway. So, so he goes and we're sitting there, we're talking some more and then he leaves and one of the baristas that gave me my coffee and my coffee beans, one of the baristas goes, does that really make a difference? I was like, what? She's like, does it really taste better if you grind your own beans? And I had a, I had an opportunity there where I was like, well, that's an interesting question coming from a Starbucks barista. Aren't you supposed to know the answer to that question? Hmm? And her co-barista kind of looked at her like, it's like, who did you sleep with to get this job? Right? That kind of look. And, um, <laughs> and so because I, 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 I was like, and so I was polite again. And I was like, yes, I had to defend. I had to defend coughs, another f- process of coffee again. And I said to say, yes, actually, um, the oils in the coffee are fresh right when you grind them. And that's when it tastes the best. It's just like, oh. I was like, yeah. And I was like, there's also the ritual of doing it. And it's like when you do, like if you do like a French press, for example, like the most gangster way to do it, if you really want to take time with your coffee, if you're, you know, don't have any kids and you're 20 years old and you just want to look cool, grind your coffee, put in a French press, press it, and then serve someone, you know, next day after a night out that you've all made bad, it'll make you feel, all feel better about your bad decisions. It makes the walk of shame better. I've heard. So I've heard. I don't know. Not that I've ever done that. I don't think they had coffee presses when I was 20 getting into a dangerous territory here i'm gonna move move away from that but anyway so so i was like and and it was funny because like look like a starbucks barista i get it like it's not it's not like a super high-end job but but i think there's a lesson here and the lesson is is that you know what you should know is more than your customer and there are some customers who are true believers like there i'm sure that there are coffee people out there that know more than coffee baristas just like for example a good example is beer, right? Like I know more about beer than most bartenders because I used to brew my own beer. I used to really be into it because I used to drink too much beer and I, I got into beer and I was just like, it was my focus. Right. And so, so yes, I knew more than most bartenders, right? There are true believers like that, but for something so basic, like so basic, it's like not knowing what an IPA is and being a bartender. It's, it's, if you're the barista, don't they just run you through some kind of training at Starbucks to, about how to make coffee? Like, I don't know. What do you, what do they just throw an apron on you? And you just, I guess you just press the button now, right? You don't have to do anything. The machine just does everything for yourself. But look, and I've fallen victim of this myself too, is, is because I, as a, as a person who is more of a, an entrepreneur and a visionary in terms of an openness and creative and all that, you know, as a lawyer in my business, there are details that are important. So I've had to make sure that I create systems that those details don't fall through the cracks. Like here, I'll give you an example. So um, you need to know your calendar as a lawyer, especially as a trial attorney, because if you if you drop a if you drop a court appearance, court just issues a warrant and then your guys just driving down the street, gets pulled over for speeding, gets taken into custody. Now, I've never never I've never knock on wood. I've never had that happen. 
Um, but my calendar is is always right now at this point in my legal career is perfect. Like this calendar, I'm gonna show you the back of it though because I don't wanna show you confidential legal information. This calendar here, perfect. Literally, I am 100%, I'm so confident in my calendar that if someone, if a client calls me and says, hey, court's on this day, I'm like, no, it's not. And they're like, I'll bet you my life. I was like, I understand, but you're wrong, I'm right. Because my process is so good with my calendar now because there are just some things that you need to know. And if you're in my business as a lawyer, you need to know your calendar, one million percent. Um, if and so, look, if you're going to escape your nine to five, you haven't really figured out what those things are yet. Because there's not, there doesn't have to be a lot of them. But the fastest way for you to lose credibility with your business, uh, with a client, is to for the, you not to know things that you should know. Just the fastest way. And so when you are sitting there in your nine to five right now and you're saying to yourself, all right, I'm going to start a business, your business is not going to magically fix everything. And there are things in that business that you must become elite at. And I don't know what those are for you, but you have to figure out what those are. You have to figure out what those are and you have to figure them out relatively quickly because you're going to be building your relationships. You're going to be building your platform. And if you're going to burn opportunities just by simply not knowing things that you should know and it just takes time it's not unless you're a rocket scientist like that takes a long time but most businesses are not rocket science like everyone wants to make it so complicated and makes it seem so magical it's really very simple generate leads fulfill the leads get repeat business from the existing customers because they love you put that money into more leads that's business but your existing customers don't love you if you don't know that grinding coffee beans makes them better. So what I want you to do is I want you to take out your Ranger Field Journal. If you don't have a Ranger Field Journal, take out a regular journal. If you don't have a regular journal, for the love of God, go buy yourself a journal because you need some working papers. But for right now, take out your Unicorn Trapper Keeper from the fifth grade. And what I want you to do is I want you to write down, what do I need to know more than my customer? Whatever business it is that you're in or whatever business is that you're going to start, what are the core things that you must know more about than your customers? And don't ignore those things, even if you have someone else do them, because one day someone's going to ask you about it. And if you're like, oh, I don't know, there's no bueno. Look, nobody said it'd be easy and it's boring to learn. So it's boring to learn some of that stuff, but you got to do it. And just remember, there is no end. You stay in the path. To understanding. If you are listening to this podcast and you are an online entrepreneur, I know exactly what it feels like to be you because I am one. I know what it's like to know that you are smart and work your ass off, but always feel like you cannot get traction. I know what it feels like to have your spouse support you outwardly, but on the inside, they're saying to themselves, is this going to work? And I know that you want to create something in business, but you always end up chasing the same dollar over and over. Or maybe you want to create something in the arts, but you feel like you shouldn't play there. So you wander in the forest, stuck in the understory. 
I spent over 40 years there fighting the same monsters and bandits over and over. And when I discovered that if you learn what the understory is and you start to go there on purpose, you can find a clearing where you have clarity and power in your commerce, connections, and creations. You handle the forest like a badass ranger with the proper mindsets and skill sets that you need. Not once chosen for you by some guru or your parents, but chosen by you on paper, on purpose. We can walk the understory together, but I cannot find you unless you raise your hand and say, I'm over here. Subscribe to my email list at understorylawyer.simplecast.com. Let's find your clearing together, a place free of entanglements, a place with a bedrock foundation, and a place where you set the boundaries, not anyone else.